Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I am the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. Today's podcast is brought to you by Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow, and they are consummate professionals. I will put their information in today's show notes. And it's also brought to you by Daytona Beach's only overhead door company. The pause to make it dramatic. Because let me tell you, they are simply the best. They have the best customer service. They have the best garage doors. Currently, my house doesn't have an overhead door garage door because when I moved into it, it just didn't have one. And I pay it every day when I open that garage door and it sounds like a space shuttle is landing in the neighborhood. And I'm sure all of my neighbors wish that I had one. So I will be purchasing one soon, even though the only thing wrong with this garage door is it sounds like it is going up on 10. I don't know, but it's loud. But anyway, they are the best and I will put their information in the show notes. Jeff and Zach Hawk are the owners of the company. I vouch for each and every one of my sponsors, the Gildans and the Hawks. Great people. Shop them out. All right. So I've got nothing today. You know, it's Sunday and um, I hadn't made a podcast in close to a week simply because For those that don't know, when you buy subscription services, which I do to put this on, Buzzsprout is the company, then I'm limited to how many podcasts I can make. And I was over the amount or close to over the amount, so I had to wait. So I want to get something out there to communicate with everybody about the world of fitness because I'm very passionate about it. I think we all need it. I know it. I mean, this is why I do the podcast is because... Since I got into personal training, I wanted to make sure that I always did it right because I really value health and fitness. I mean, long before I started earning a dime for it, I was doing it because I loved it and it just made my whole life better in every way. So when I went out to become a trainer, I wanted to do it the right way and I got an education in it and I've stayed certified and I kept up on my CECs. Because not because I'm trying to toot my own horn or make a commercial for me right now, although it may sound that way, uh, simply because I I really want to know what I'm doing. I want to know what I'm talking about. And since I really do believe that I do, and uh, by far I don't know enough, anybody that tells you they do has quit learning and I lose trust in people like that. So I want to learn more. There's so much more I can learn so I can pass on for sure. But I think I've learned a lot and I want to make sure I push people in the right direction. That's the whole goal to the podcast. And when I say I've got nothing today, that, that's not completely true. But I don't really have anything planned out other than when I was sitting here knowing it's time for a podcast. I was thinking about how um, I get the daily email from Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just think it's really good. I don't agree with everything, but I agree with a lot because... You know, he has uh, two exercise scientists, at least one, and then one's maybe a nutrition guy. I don't know, but they uh, work for him and they qualify all of his information because, you know, he admits he's a, uh, you know, an actor, bodybuilder, come politician, and he doesn't have his, you know, training in it. So 
he wants to have people around that are trained in it. And I respect that greatly. Um, so anyway, he has people to verify his information. And I like most of what he says. And in one of his emails last week, I think it was Fridays, he challenged everybody to do something that they've never done, to um, walk further, run further, lift heavier, just something, which I totally agree with. And so I'm not like just regurgitating Arnold's email because that would be a ripoff to you. But it did make me think about what my message is to be on that. And it is do something that's hard for you. So, yeah, do something further, faster, longer, harder, whatever. But that's not always like hard for people. You know, what is hard for you? What is hard for me? Like, what are we going to get the intrinsic motivation out of? What is going to make us feel good about ourselves? Like, what is something that we challenge that's going to make us go, man, I didn't think I could do that. You know, because I think it's too easy to go by what other people's standards are. You know, we can go out and run a 5K and get an award in our age group or something. And, you know, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's better to than not to for sure, I think, you know. But if that's your only motivation, I mean, I don't know. You might have missed Motivation 101 when you're in sixth grade, you know. I mean, there has to be a challenge that makes you feel better about yourself. Like what if you were out there and, you know, you just kind of jogged along because you felt lazy and you didn't feel like pushing yourself. And don't get me wrong, for some people they can't jog. So jogging along might be a challenge. But for you, it's a walk in the park. And you did it and you got this age group award. I mean, sure, you don't want to be, you know, a dick, so to say, and like not get the award because some I can't stand that with some of the runners and triathletes in our area, probably everywhere. But they're like, they don't go to the award ceremony because it's like, oh, it's, you know, I've got so many of these, you know. Meanwhile, the promoters who put it on are like, oh, OK, you know, thank you. I mean, you know, I've been on that end where it's like I'm calling out somebody's name. Oh, they left. They went get coffee, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, so that's rude too. So there's a happy medium. I'm not saying don't appreciate it because, you know, people went out of their way to make awards for you. Not every race company does, but, you know, maybe accept it and then think to yourself, I didn't really earn this, you know, because I didn't really give my best effort. I kind of just, you know, didn't feel like it. And that's fine too. You know, that's absolutely fine. I'm not saying don't do events if you're not going to necessarily do your best. I'm saying, what can you do, which really makes you go, okay, now that was hard. And I didn't think I can do it. Like I remember when I did a triathlon for the very first time, in the early nineties, that was my motivation. You know, um, I didn't know if I could get through the swim and not because I couldn't swim. I was a decent swimmer, but because at that stage of my life, I was having like some claustrophobia issues going on. I think I can still get that way at times. And it was a feeling of, you know, it, it might sound weird, but it was more claustrophobic than fearing the water. It was more like, so if I get all the way out here, I'm trapped. You know, it was this feeling of trapped and that scared me. And I didn't like that feeling because I felt it in different, you know, areas of my life at the time. And um, I was just getting ready to finish up college graduate degree actually at that point. And so 
I looked at it like this is a challenge. You know, my friends in the program were doing tries and I thought, hmm, that sounds good. But, you know, some of those issues popped in my mind and I'm like, so you guys swim all the way out there and, you know, I was starting to get the information. And um, but I told myself, I said, well, you got to do it for that reason then, you know, you got to do it for that reason. And so it was almost like this big, like, um, tease. It was like this, you know, hard, uh, you know, almost like fate saying, I'm going to make it even worse because the triathlon I chose to do was the Cypress Gardens triathlon. And at the time it was a reverse order triathlon. So the swim was last, you know, it's usually first, it was last. So here I am running and then cycling and then knowing I had this swim, you know, and who knows, you know, maybe, uh, you know, my higher power out there was looking out for me because he's like, you know, th- this is a good thing, you know, who knows, because it worked out. But anyway, the, the, the key was, yes, I was nervous, but I did it anyway, you know. And so I remember, you know, it was cool because they had these tires that were all the way lining the entire quarter mile swim course. And for those that don't realize, a quarter mile in the water is pretty far compared to walking or jogging on a track. So, but there was tires lining it. So I'm like, oh, okay. So if I get like really freaked out, I can grab a tire. And, uh, you know, it never came to that. But I remember I stayed close to the tires, you know. And I just remember swimming like almost back in. I'm like three quarters of the way in. I was, you know, over the hump, so to say. Just feeling inside like, holy cow, man, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And then I got to the beach and I finished. I was all happy, you know, and I was proud of myself. And, um, you know, and I started thinking like at the time I had these role models, uh, Dr. Roeder and Mr. Gurgley. They were in my uh, graduate program teachers. And uh, Dr. Roeder was talking about doing triathlons from the time he was uh, in his 50s. Like he started late and he said that a big reason why he did it, number one, was to get in shape. There was never this extrinsic motivation of I want to post it on social media because man we're talking this is 20 years before social media even came about you know thank god you know uh sometimes I wish we can all go back to that but it was long before that so it wasn't to get likes and applause and praise and you're the man and you go girl and all this you know crap no it was that you know he wanted to get in shape a very good reason he felt like he was a 55 year old out of shape gym teacher so to say teaching at the college level, and he was embarrassed that he had trouble walking up the steps at the university. That was his first motivation. His second motivation was he felt like if he did an Ironman, so then he took it all the way to the distance of Ironman, he thought, if I can do that, I can do anything in my life. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So I started remembering the words of Rotor when I hit the beach. I'm like, yeah, if I can do that, then I can handle whatever scenario that triggers this claustrophobia phobia that I had at the time and, and, and still can have it at times, but a lot better. Um, and I think probably a lot better because I kept doing things that challenged it, you know, physical things like physical fitness things give us like an opportunity to do things that maybe scare us, you know, and then if we can do them physically, then maybe we can tackle it better mentally, you know, So that's my challenge to you all. Like, what is it that kind of scares you? You know, I've heard stoic philosophers say, you know, do something that scares you every day. Not stupid stuff, not reckless stuff, not things that are going to cause harm to you or anybody else, but irrational fears. Like me having a 
a claustrophobic phobia. That's irrational, right? Because last I checked, I wasn't going to get trapped in under a manhole cover, right? So it was irrational, which most fears and phobias are, right? 99% of them are irrational, right? The fear of the rabid dog isn't irrational. That's smart, you know, um, but but some of these phobias we get, some of these speaking phobias, some of these, you know, claustrophobia phobias, like I know people that don't want to get on airplanes and I'm not making fun of them. I, I've been one of those people. I could still be one of those people because, oh man, I'm trapped, but it's irrational, right? I mean, well, I can't get anywhere. Well, that's true, but why do you need to get anywhere? Like you're safe. So it's irrational, you know, and I can just give one more example of this. So when I was a little kid living in New York, we lived in this big farmhouse in uh, Gardner, New York. And it was a, you know, two story, if not three story, because we had a basement. We had a tiny little attic, which ain't hell no anybody going up in it. I mean, the place, if you went in the basement, it was already scary enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful farmhouse and I still go back and visit it. And, you know, unfortunately, they people who bought it, bought it for a business and they turned it into, a, uh, I think it's an insurance place. So it's kind of a shame because they took off the beautiful front porch, but beautiful house. I don't want you to think my parents were making us live in a shack because they weren't, you know, we weren't wealthy by any means, but you know, we, we were fortunate enough to have a nice farmhouse. So, um, in any event, as a little kid, it's still scary as hell to go in any basements or attics. So, my dad, who, you know, always wanted to be Mr. Prepared, you know, decided that the kids need to know how to get out of the windows and down to the ground if there's a fire, which, you know, it's not the dumbest thing to do because it was a wood house, you know, or is a wood house. And, you know, there was fires up there every once in a while. And, uh, you know, my sisters lived, listened to this podcast, so I don't want to, you know, throw them under the bus, but I will just for fun to make sure that they're listening. But they would have a tendency to kind of smoke some cigarettes here or there, which to tell a little funny story, I know when they would sneak out at night because we all were in the uh, upstairs, that's where the bedrooms were. And so what I used to do is lock their bedroom windows once they snuck out and then make them give me dollars to get back in. I charge them a dollar a piece. I mean, I, I, I should have known I was always going to be an entrepreneur, you know. So anyway, it worked pretty good. I made a few bucks here or there and uh, they got smoked. So win-win. But in any event, you know, don't know if that's why my father started this little fire drill deal he came up with, uh, but he had one. And so he used to try to get all of the, everybody to go down this rope he made, you know? Oh, I think back now I'm like, good God. But a rope attached to the uh, second floor of the house. It is, yeah, it's a big house, right? So it wasn't as high as I made it out to be when I'm five years old, but it was, you know, pretty high. And so they would all scale down the rope. And I remember I was just like this little five, six-year-old chicken shit. And I would not go down the rope. And being the only son at the time, you know, in the house uh, and the youngest, I was babied. So, you know, my dad was could be pr pretty strict on everybody but me, you know. And uh, so he was like, oh, it's okay. You know, you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. And so many times I look back and I'm like, God, I wish you would have made me do it, you know, because it kind of created sort of this fear of heights in me, which... You know, again, I mean, you know, make me do it. Who the hell knows? But it, I'm the only one that put pressure on myself because I wanted to do it. And they're like, okay, they'll all go outside. I'm going to go down the rope. And then I'd look down and I'd check it out. I wouldn't go down the rope. So, you know, they probably got tired of this and just didn't invite me anymore. So, you know, but, but it stuck with me, you know. And so then I can remember years later, right, 
doing these physical challenges and, and kind of telling myself I had this, you know, uh, fear of heights or falling or whatever. And, but challenging myself and making me do these different kind of like outdoor excursion things, you know, like these, uh, oh, zip lines. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. So things like that. And I'm like, you know what? You got to do that. Or these different kind of mud run courses that would have these really high walls you got to climb. And, you know, I would kind of fake it till I make it like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, or, and, uh, and do it, you know, because I wanted to challenge that, you know, so I can think of, a couple of them that I did where you had to go to this cliff thing, not a cliff cliff, but a cliff, but you know, there's a lake underneath it. So it's not like it was dangerous. Again, I'm not advocating doing anything dangerous. It wasn't dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous if you're a moron and go head first, right? I mean, break your neck. I mean, yeah, stupid. That's, that wasn't the idea. The idea was to stand there and just jump, you know, just jump, land on your feet, you know, hope there's not a alligator down there. If there is your, you know what, but anyway, uh, and that was probably the most dangerous part. And that's what's funny, right? We tackle a fear and then, you know, oh, conquered it and then get your leg bit off by a gator. Anyway, might I digress. So, you know, doing these things and and jumping off into the water, I was like, oh, that was cool. And then, you know what? Then I wouldn't fear it. And I would do all these different mud run type things. So, you know, for somebody that had nothing, I sure did talk a lot. So that's the challenge. Like, what can we do physically that's actually going to make us feel better about ourselves? Like, I know people that I literally know a person that has walked the Appalachian Trail, you know, and he did it all by himself, you know, and it's what, 2,100 miles, I think it is. It's incredible. I mean, that is a physical fitness feat. There's no question that's a physical fitness feat, meaning who can walk that far? That by itself is hard, but he did it alone. You know, now there's other people out there. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. But that'd be the scary part to me, right? I mean, you're out there and you're like, man, like, what if there are? I mean, there are dangerous animals, right? They're called humans, <laughs> right? Idiots with guns out there, you know, whatever. But, you know, but I'm I'm kind of kidding on that. But, there, you know, yeah, there's bears. There's all this, you know, that, in my opinion, aren't going to bother you unless you bother them. But then again, I've never been out there. Right. So I couldn't imagine being 12 o'clock at night and all of a sudden there's four bears walking around. You, Oh, they're not going to bother you. I mean, but he did it. He challenged it. And I know the guy. I know him after he did it. And I'm like, well, how was he? He's like, you know, scary. He's like, eh. You know, he felt better for it. So what do you feel better for what you did? I mean, do you do a triathlon, a running event, a powerlifting competition, a bodybuilding show for the glory and then afterwards you go, ah, that didn't do it. Like, I don't know if I really feel better about myself. I've been there. But you know, when I did that very first triathlon and I finished it because I was afraid of the swim and I didn't do it for awards because you know what? What ruined it for me for triathlons was finding out there was awards. I had no idea when I did my first triathlon. I was sitting at the beach really proud of myself for doing this, you know, for doing the swim. And a friend goes, hey, you know, go check out the results. You did you know, pretty good for somebody that's never done one. I'm like, they score these things? True story. I had no idea they kept score. I just thought everybody went and everybody finished. And I'm like, I, you know, I mean, sure you race. Everybody races a little, right? I mean, it's like human nature. Somebody's next to you. and But like, I didn't know they took it further than that, you know? And I wish I never did learn that because then it ruined it for me. You know, my own ego problem. But, you know, 
that was something I can say, yeah, I'm better for this. You know, doing my very first bodybuilding show, because, you know, it, again, it was sort of the claustrophobia thing. You know, get out there, stand in front of everybody basically naked and just stand there and take it, you know. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what if I panic, you know? Like, I can't just stand there and freeze, you know? So for me, I was so proud of the fact that I went out there and challenged it. And then things afterwards, you know, after we do these challenges and we keep doing them for ego gratification, it just doesn't cut it anymore, you know? Just doesn't give you that same pump. So what is it, you know, what is it that you can do that says, this is hard for me? And, and tell me, tell me. I want to know, you know, what is it? I'm going to think of mine. I don't really know today, so I'm going to get back to you. But what is it that you can go, man, that was hard for me, my own challenge, and I did it. And I did it through exercise, sport, or training, or maybe just some huge wellness decision. You know, I don't know. I have no idea, but get back to me. That's your challenge of the week. Hope you enjoyed listening, and I appreciate you. Be Max Fit and be Max Well. <laughs>